Voices for Justice is a podcast that uses adult language and discusses sensitive and potentially triggering topics, including violence, abuse, and murder. This podcast may not be appropriate for younger audiences. All parties are innocent until proven guilty in a court of law. Some names have been changed or omitted per their request or for safety purposes. Listener discretion is advised. My name is Sarah Turney, and this is Voices for Justice. Today, I'm discussing the case of Chance Engelbert. In 2019, Chance was spending the weekend with his in-laws in Garing, Nebraska. On Saturday, July 6th, he and some family members went golfing, and there was some type of argument over Chance's new job, specifically about him making less money than in his previous position. Chance gets upset, calls his wife Bailey to pick him up, and tells her that he wants to cut the weekend short and just go back home to Wyoming. But instead of going directly home, Bailey says she drives them back to her grandparents' home. And she and Chance get into a fight in the driveway that results in Chance walking away from the home. This is something Chance did when he would get upset. He would take a walk, cool down, and then come back when he was in a better frame of mind. But this time, Chance didn't come back. This is the case of Chance Engelbert. Chance Leslie Engelbert grew up on his family's ranch with his brothers in Burdock, South Dakota. This is about 13 miles outside of the city of Edgemont. Now, Burdock is actually classified as an uninhabited ghost town. So, Chance grew up in a very rural area, to say the least. He spent a lot of time hunting, riding horses, and even riding bulls. In fact, Chance actually put himself through school at Laramie County Community College on a riding scholarship. During his time there, he studied diesel mechanics and welding. Those who know Chance describe him as a shy and hardworking guy. He's extremely responsible, but also knows how to have fun, and he really likes people. In 2017, when Chance was about 24, he met his future wife online, 19-year-old Bailey. By October 2018, they were married, and by May 2019, their first and only son, Banks, was born. Now, by all accounts, Chance was very excited, albeit a little nervous, for Banks to be born. But once he was, Chance was an amazing father. Unfortunately, not everything was sunshine and rainbows. According to Chance's best man and best friend, Matt Miller, there was some tension between Chance and Bailey's families early on. In one interview, Matt explains that at their wedding, Chance and Bailey got into a fight. Now, he can't say exactly what happened, but he believes Bailey was upset about Chance's family being at the wedding. And Chance's family has made similar statements. But we know Chance is extremely responsible, and he made sure his family was taken care of. They bought a house in Moorcroft, Wyoming, and Chance got a brand new truck. At this time, Chance was working with his friend Matt Miller at a coal mine, while Bailey stayed home with Banks. Bailey planned to begin a nursing program at Gillette College in the fall, but the little family seemed to be doing just fine. It does seem that they even had some extra money for Chance to pursue his hobby of building demolition derby cars. This is something his family participated in when he was growing up and was a huge passion of his. He even talked about how he couldn't wait to buy Banks his first mini derby car. All of this to say, it doesn't seem like there were any major financial concerns but they did have a scare. 
Chance, along with 579 other employees, including his best friend Matt, at the Black Jewel coal mine, were laid off after the company was unable to file for bankruptcy. But Chance is smart and resourceful. He and Matt immediately got new jobs at a local propane company as welders. In fact, they were supposed to start these new jobs the Monday after Chance went missing. This is the Monday after the 4th of July in 2019, so they'd really only miss a few days of pay. The 4th fell on a Thursday that year. That weekend, Chance, Bailey, and Banks traveled to Gehring, Nebraska to spend time with Bailey's family. This is only about four hours away from their home in Moorcroft. It was supposed to be just a short visit. Chance still needed to pick up his welding helmet and some other items on Sunday, so he was ready to hit the ground running at his new job on Monday. When they arrived, things seemed like they were going well. I imagine everyone was excited to see Banks and just spend time with family. On Saturday, July 6th, Chance, along with some members of Bailey's family, decide that they want to go golfing at the Bayard Golf Course about 25 miles away. Bailey and Banks stay behind with the rest of the family at her grandparents' house. Now, there has been a lot of conflicting information about how much drinking was going on at the golf course, but I think it's safe to assume at least some people in the group were drinking. What happens next is a little fuzzy. According to Bailey, there was a misunderstanding. According to Matt, Chance gets in a fight with his in-laws. But what we do know is there was a conversation about how Chance would be making less money at his new job, and this upset Chance. He calls Bailey and asks her to pick him up and take him back home to Wyoming. Around 7.30pm, they get back to Bailey's grandparents' house. This upsets Chance because he really wanted to go straight home, so he gets out of the car and starts walking away. It's important to note here that this is something Chance did often when he got upset. He would take a walk to cool down and come back when he was feeling better. So Bailey doesn't panic. She told NBC News, quote, When he gets mad, he'll walk to cool down. But I didn't think he'd go far. He just kept walking until I couldn't see him. I didn't think he was serious. End quote. Now, I feel like I need to acknowledge again that there is a lot of conflicting information about this case. I mean, even the flyers made by the family and the NamUs entry for Chance have conflicting information about the color of Chance's eyes and his height. There was also a lot of conflicting information about who Chance talked to and when on this night, so I'm gonna do my best here. Now, Bailey says that she and Chance talk on the phone a few times after he walked away. He told her that he was walking south. According to NBC News, Bailey last speaks with Chance at 7.46pm, so about 15 minutes after he walked away. Now, some sources say that Matt spoke with Chance at 7.45pm, so right before Bailey. But according to Matt's interview with News Nation, he was the last person to speak with Chance on the phone, so take it for what you will. It seems like the calls were just minutes apart if not only seconds, which makes sense to me. Chance is upset. He's walking, trying to figure out a way to get back home, talking to whoever he thinks can help. He's talking to Bailey, and he reached out to his best friend. But without having the cell phone records, this part is a little up in the air according to multiple reports. Matt says that Chance did not sound intoxicated, but he did seem angry. He didn't go into detail about what his fight with his in-laws was about, just that he wanted to get home as soon as possible. 
but this was the Saturday of the 4th of July weekend. Matt was hosting a party at his house four hours away, and he and his friends had been drinking all day. So Matt tells Chance to sit tight. He's going to make a few phone calls and get this figured out. He said he'd even shut down his party if he had to. He asked Chance to give him 10 minutes and he'll call him back. Matt ends up calling Chance's mother, Dawn, and they arrange for Chance's uncle, John, to pick him up. But when they try calling Chance back to coordinate this, he doesn't answer. Now, it's very important to note here that when Chance speaks with Matt, he tells him that he's walking north towards the city of Terrytown, not south like he told Bailey. Whether this was just a mistake or he was trying to throw Bailey off, I don't know. But we do know that he did actually head north. At 7.49pm, Chance is seen walking by a Domino's Pizza restaurant in Gehring. At 7.51pm, he's caught on surveillance video as well. Now, Gehring Police Chief George Holthus says that Chance appeared to be healthy in this video. He wasn't under distress or appeared to be intoxicated. But it did appear that he was following directions on his phone. Because in the video, he's looking down at his phone, makes a 90-degree turn to the left, and keeps walking. From here, Chance walks north on 10th Street and then west through Terrytown, which was just about a mile or two away, depending on the path. According to the Gehring PD, the last time Chance is captured on camera is shortly after this, when he's seen alone at the intersection of Terry Boulevard and Stable Club Road. This is the last confirmed sighting of Chance. Now, again, we hit another confusing aspect of this case. Despite Matt saying that he was the last person to speak with Chance at 7.45pm, Bailey tells NBC News that the last time anyone speaks with Chance is at 8.46pm that night. Who he speaks with, she doesn't say. Now, I apologize that this is confusing. It's just as confusing for me, but I can't sit here and make up a timeline without acknowledging the discrepancies. It feels very dishonest. And I promise it's not for lack of trying. This timeline has been the bane of my existence with this case. At first, I thought this was maybe Matt, since he said that he was the last person to speak with Chance on the phone. But Chance's family says it's not. They stand by that 7.45 time and insist Matt couldn't get a hold of him after. And Bailey says that the last time she spoke with Chance was a minute after Matt, which is also contradictory. So here we are, perpetually confused. On the Facebook page for Chance, his family does give a rundown of the timeline, and they don't even mention this 8.46pm call. So maybe Bailey meant to say 7.46 instead of 8.46? this would be true to her original statement. I don't know. But what I do know is that at 9.08pm, the very last text is sent from Chance's phone to a family friend he calls Aunt Katie. And this was a very concerning text. Apparently, Chance just sends like a grumpy face emoji followed by a string of other emojis. But the thing is, Chance apparently never used emojis. He was just one of those people who didn't use them when he texted so it confused everyone and raised a huge red flag. After this, Chance's phone goes dark. The last tower that picked up Chance's cell phone signal was on County Road 19, west of Scotts Bluff. Scotts Bluff is about a mile north of Terrytown where Chance was last seen on surveillance. All three of these cities are pretty close together. But the Gehring PD has made it very clear that Chance could have been miles away from this location, because it's just a rough estimate. 
But the timing of this is important. Because right around the time Chance's cell phone went dark, a massive storm begins rolling in. This episode of Voices for Justice is sponsored by June's Journey. Everyone loves a good mystery, especially one with as many twists and turns as June's Journey. In this game, you step into the role as June Parker and search for hidden clues to uncover the mystery of your sister's murder. You engage your observation skills to quickly uncover key pieces of information that lead to chapters of mystery, danger, and romance. I've been playing June's Journey for a long time. And yes, I love uncovering hidden objects in these really fun scenes, but I also like putting together the pieces of this puzzle. I've said it before and I'll say it again, one of my favorite parts of playing June's Journey is chatting and playing with or against, if I'm honest, usually I like playing against other players by joining a detective club. And if that's not enough for you, you can join a detective league to put your skills to the test. I am also deep into building my island. And I mean deep, you guys. I've been playing for a very long time and it's just really fun to see it grow. I usually find myself playing on little breaks during the day or at night before I go to bed. If you like games, if you like solving mysteries, I really think you're gonna like June's Journey. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. This episode of Voices for Justice is sponsored by Quince. Quince has transformed how I shop. I'm not gonna lie, I don't love paying extravagant prices for things that don't last. But imagine upgrading your wardrobe with luxury essentials at unbeatable prices. They offer things like a 100% Mongolian cashmere sweater for $50, washable silk tops, and timeless 14 karat gold jewelry. And the best part is all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Basically what they do is partner with the top factories. That cuts out the cost of the middleman. That way they can pass on the savings to us. And what I really love is that Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices. I have a ton of stuff from Quince. Right now I'm really on a mission to just have some great basics in my closet. So I picked up a lot of t-shirts, some tank tops, and I definitely got a 100% mulberry silk pillowcase. It is absolutely worth it. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com justice for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's q-u-i-n-c-e dot justice to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com justice. Chance Engelbert walked away from his in-laws home at 7.30 p.m. on Saturday, July 6, 2019. This is after he got into an argument with his wife, Bailey. He walks north from Gehring to Terrytown, And the last text from Chance's phone was sent at 9.08 p.m. Then it goes dark. This is right around the time a huge storm hits the city. According to news reports, this was a storm with heavy winds and a lot of lightning. So it's not like it was a light drizzle that you'd want to keep walking through. Bailey told NBC News that because of the storm, her grandfather decided it had been long enough. Things were getting dangerous, and it was time to go out and look for Chance himself. But after driving around for a while, he can't find Chance anywhere. At this point, they hope that he just found some type of shelter from the storm and was waiting for it to pass. Bailey told NBC News, quote, I figured he'd come slinking in late that night, but he didn't. 
And when I woke up the next morning and he wasn't there, I knew it was bad. End quote. So the next morning, now Sunday the 7th, Bailey reports Chance missing to the Garing PD. There was a search for Chance on this day, but everyone was really still holding out hope that he would be back on Monday to start his new job. They knew that even if he was incredibly angry, he would never just skip out on work, especially because he had to provide for banks. But by noon on Monday, Chance never made it to work. This is when it really set in with most of the family that something terrible might have happened to him. So Matt Miller leaves his first day at his new job and travels to Gehring to search for his friend. The police seem to take it pretty seriously as time goes on. They find surveillance video and gather some witness statements that help solidify parts of the timeline I mentioned earlier. The search for Chance was large. Over the next few days, they search Gehring, Terrytown, and Scottsbluff. They searched vacant trailers, older cars at car dealerships. They searched all along Highway 92 and 26, as well as the BN Railroad in the area. They searched National Park Service grounds. They had people on horses and ATVs. In the end, they searched over 2,400 acres of land. Almost 400 miles were logged searching by air. Like I said, it was a huge search. Now, while these searches were happening, the Garing PD and Chance's family were also trying to spread the word in the media by participating in several press conferences. Here is Chance's mother, Dawn, on the Wednesday after he went missing. I just want to mention that the baby you hear crying is Banks. Um, yes, I'm Dawn Engelbert. I'm Chance's mom, my husband, Everett. Our boy, Miles. You know Bailey. Bailey and Banks. Scott. We just ask anybody to send any information. Somebody has to see something and know something. This just isn't a chance. It's not like this. He definitely would have went for a walk for a few hours to clear his mind, but he would have been home. He would have been with his son. He's a pretty good old kid. He could have been gone this way, gone this long for his baby boy. He's a family, family man. He loves his whole family. He would have done this to us. So please, and we are offering a reward. People are donating all the time for that. Um, for any information leading to get us a chance back safe or not safe. <sighs> I have watched every press conference I could find on this case. You can just feel how badly the family is hurting over Chance being gone. At one conference, a member of the media asks Chance's brother what Chance is like, and he gets one word out before breaking down and crying for the rest of the conference. But at this time, authorities were narrowing in on a theory they felt could be very likely. After they figured out the general area of where Chance was walking, they realized that he was around several bodies of water, including the North Platte River and the Garing Central Canal. So their first thought was maybe Chance was overpowered by the storm and fell into one of these bodies of water and drowned. However, several people that know Chance say that this possibility is very unlikely. Matt Miller has been very vocal about this, 
Although he says Chance falling into the river was one of his first thoughts as well, he told News Nation, quote, I'd say Chance was born and raised for this kind of weather. There's just no way it could take him. I've hunted with him for two years beforehand. The guy could cover country. I like to call him a mountain goat man. End quote. When asked if he thought that there could have been some type of tragic accident, he again refuted this, saying, quote, Not even a second. No. We've put hours and hours and hours down there walking river bottoms, and I don't think he's in a river. I don't think that at all. I think he's buried underground and he's hidden. If he got hurt by that storm, Mother Nature doesn't hide a body like that. End quote. Chance's mother Dawn has also been very vocal about this. Here's a clip of her discussing this possibility on News Center One. He was a smart kid and he wouldn't have went in the storm. He wouldn't have been by the river. He wouldn't have got washed away. We grow up by the Cheyenne River. He knows to respect it. During these water searches, they used sonar. They had dogs. They did aerial searches. They shut down the Gehring Central Canal and had 18 different agencies looking for chance. They didn't find any evidence to lead them to believe he fell in the water. So I can absolutely see why Chance's loved ones were eager to move on from this possibility and on to the next. On Thursday, July 11th, so five days after Chance went missing, the Garing Police Department announces that they're going to stop the searches for Chance. They're going to shift their focus to the investigation. Chief Holthus explains that they've basically looked everywhere that made sense, and they needed to start focusing on things like Chance's bank records, sweeping the area for any surveillance video from local businesses that haven't come forward yet. They needed to conduct interviews. They needed to move on to the next step. Now, there were some sightings of Chance in the area and surrounding states, but none panned out. The most compelling sighting, in my opinion, comes from a woman who says she not only saw Chance the night he went missing, she had some type of encounter with him. But when the police follow up on the lead and review over six hours of surveillance footage from that Walmart, they insist they didn't see any type of encounter, and they didn't see Chance enter or exit the store. When they go back to this woman and tell her this, she says that they're wrong, that maybe that encounter happened in an area of the store that wasn't recorded. However, it is worth noting that the family has come out to say that they feel like this lead has been thoroughly investigated, and they basically don't believe it was chance. That being said, let's talk about some of the most discussed theories, items of interest, and controversies in this case, if only to help clear up some misinformation and speculation because this case is riddled with that when you look it up. First, let's address the elephant in the room, the fight on the golf course between Chance and Bailey's family members. Now, the public details about this are vague. We don't know how much they were drinking, and we don't know exactly who said what. But obviously, Chance was very upset by whatever happened there. The Garing Police Department have made several statements about their investigative efforts looking into Bailey and her family. And so has Bailey. Interviews have been conducted, polygraphs have been administered, and many of the family members have voluntarily let law enforcement search their homes. Basically, the Garing PD says that they've all been very forthcoming and cooperative. However, after Chance went missing, several things happened that make people suspicious of Bailey and those around her. 
Shortly after Chance went missing, one of his friends went to his home to see if he was there. When he walked up to the door, he saw a random cell phone sitting on the porch. While Matt was on his way to pick up this cell phone and turn it over to police, a neighbor who was also a good friend of Chance's grabs it instead. Now, according to Chance's family, this random cell phone belonged to a person who didn't have housing at that time. It was fully investigated by authorities and nothing came of it. But Matt has come out to say that he felt it was odd that the neighbor grabbed it before he could. But again, Chance's family says that this neighbor is a good friend, and they don't seem to have any doubts about the investigation into the phone. So again, take it for what you will. Next, let's talk about the cement. So the same week Chance went missing, a family friend of Bailey's poured some concrete. This is also something that was fully investigated, and appears to be a non-issue to law enforcement and Chance's family. A lot of people have also pointed to Bailey's behavior after Chance went missing. Bailey made some statements about believing Chance was not alive pretty early on, stating she just knew that there was no way he would leave his family, and especially Banks. She also reportedly tried to access Chance's 401k account and obtain a death certificate for him in order to collect money from Social Security. Ultimately, she was not able to do this because in Nebraska, someone has to be missing for seven years before that can happen. The lead investigator on Chance's case, Brian Eads, told News Nation that yes, this was a red flag for them, but quote, She had a son to provide for. She was not working at the time. Chance was the sole breadwinner for the house, and in discussing it with Chance's mom, they discussed that if he was to get on Chance's social security, they would have to have a death certificate in order to show that. She's always been very cooperative with me, very cordial, interviewed her at length. My first interview with her was probably a couple hours long, so she's always been very cooperative, end quote. Now, even Matt has come out to kind of defend Bailey's actions here, saying that she and Chance just got this new house and Chance just got that new truck. So he believes Bailey was likely just trying to make sure Banks was taken care of, as opposed to having malicious intent. But Matt Miller has also stated that Bailey had a conversation with Chance's employer and said something to make them believe that Chance might not be coming back for his job, and this concerned Matt. On the flip side of that, there's also a press conference where Bailey's mother and Chance's mother reiterate that Chance's job was still waiting for him should he want it. Again, we're in this world of a lot of he said, she said, but I can imagine Bailey expressing those same feelings to Chance's employer that she had to others, that she just didn't think he was coming back, that she was fearing the worst. Now, you can see in his interviews how much Matt cares for Chance. It's super obvious. So I just want to take a moment and say, please don't send any hate to these people. I'm just trying to play devil's advocate here the best I can to bring you the facts as objectively as possible. But I do think it's important to remember that at this time, in 2019, Bailey is 20 years old. Her husband just went missing, leaving her with an infant child a brand new mortgage, and likely an expensive truck payment, with suddenly zero money coming in. Those aren't things she can just ignore to take time to grieve. I also want to remind you guys that everyone grieves differently. Those are just the facts. All of this has caused the media to focus quite a bit on Bailey, and she's gotten a lot of hate. As a result, she's taken a step back from the public eye, 
which caused even more suspicion and hate. But ultimately, the Garing police have been very clear that they don't consider Bailey a person of interest. This didn't stop people from speculating, though. One true crime content creator found Chance's case and says that when she saw Dong crying on TV, she knew she wanted to help. So, she began discussing Chance's case on her YouTube channel. Then, in February 2021, she went to Bailey and Chance's home, where Bailey still lives with Banks, to try to obtain an interview. Bailey later filed for a protective order citing concerns for her son's safety. One reason I think Bailey and her family have been a large focus is the absence of evidence in this case. I mean, outside of that fight, a cell phone ping, and two surveillance videos, it doesn't seem like authorities have a lot of evidence to help with their investigation. Or at least they're not telling the public. Chance's family has discussed a picture that was being circulated of a man who appeared to be unsheltered. People thought it could be Chance, that maybe he bumped his head that night, forgot who he was, and just couldn't find his way back home. But his family says it's not him, and they're trying to dispel this rumor so people don't stop looking for him. It wasn't until October 2021 that the next possible clue in the case would be discovered. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. By October 2021, it's been over two years since Chance Engelbert was last seen. There have been extensive searches, a lot of suspicion cast on his wife Bailey and her family, but very little real answers. I know it's cliche, but it's like he just vanished. Then, they find something huge. According to the Scotts Bluff County Sheriff Mark Overman, a lower piece of an arm bone was found downstream on the North Platte River. It was sent to the University of Nebraska's crime lab to perform DNA analysis of the bone marrow. Unfortunately, due to the condition of the bone and the fact that it was sitting in water for some time, the testing was not able to be done. It was then sent to a lab at a Florida university to see if they can test it. Officials have not given a timeline for this testing, and as far as I could find, nothing has come back yet. But officials have stated that they believe it's likely not chances. They actually believe it could belong to another missing person, 72-year-old Walter Jean Patterson Black. He also went missing near the North Platte River, and they did find a piece of clothing near that bone that more closely resembled what Jean Patterson Black was wearing than what Chance was last seen wearing. Jean was last seen wearing a tan plaid long sleeve shirt and was last seen in Scotts Bluff. His SUV was found abandoned in a local YMCA parking lot. It's believed he might have intentionally entered the river. On the three year anniversary of Chance's disappearance, Brian Eads announced that they were investigating a new theory. This was the theory that Chance may have been a victim of a robbery gone wrong. He adds that there are no persons of interest in this case, and they basically have no evidence to point towards Chance's disappearance being a tragic accident or the result of foul play. It's just one of those cases where it seems like they don't know what happened at all. 
but that's pretty much where the case is today. These cases where it seems like almost anything could have happened are so hard. It has ripped these families apart. Dawn Engelbert says that she and Bailey no longer speak, and she hasn't seen her grandson Banks in over two years now. It's very clear that so many people that love Chance are hurting deeply. Which brings me right to our call to action. Please take a moment to follow Chance's family on Facebook. Their page is called Help Find Chance Engelbert. They are very active on there. They're always posting about their efforts to raise awareness for the case. They do walks, they sell merch, and there are many ways to help them on that page. Following them is the best way to stay up to date on this case. Of course, I will have all of those links in the episode description and on my website. But I'd love if you took a moment to follow the page and share at least one of their posts. Your support probably means so much more than you know. Chance Engelbert went missing from Gehring, Nebraska on July 6, 2019. Chance has brown hair and hazel eyes. He's 5 feet 11 inches tall and has a medium build. He was last seen wearing a short-sleeved button-up Wrangler shirt, dark blue Wrangler jeans, Roper-style boots, and a black and white trucker hat. Anyone with information is asked to contact the Gehring Police Department at 308-436-5088. As of recording this episode, Chance's family is offering a $17,000 reward for information leading to his recovery. But as always, thank you, I love you, and I'll talk to you next time. Voices for Justice is hosted and produced by me, Sarah Turney, and is a Voices for Justice media original. To hear more stories hosted by me, check out my other podcast, Disappearances, only on Spotify. And for even more content, or if you just want to support the show, check out my Patreon page at patreon.com slash voicesforjustice. You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply.